The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Luke writes, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impotence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, dear saints, it's wonderful, isn't it? When someone tells us that they are remembering us in their prayers, it can lift our spirits and it can truly transform our attitude, how we're feeling. And our day. Today's gospel it encourages us to do just that. To pray. It seeks to impress on us that our prayers are welcomed by God and responded to as He sees best. Prayers you see are an essential part of being. A Christian. Faith in our Lord and praying to Him belong inseparably together. Prayer isn't just one expression of faith among others. To believe is to pray because prayer is our response to God speaking to us in grace and in love. You see, the deepest expression 
of faith is to seek good things from God in prayer. So then think highly of your prayers. Because we have God's word to trust that he welcomes those prayers and he encourages them. You see, God, he wants the best for you. He responds to your prayers in ways that are the best for us. And in prayer, God either gives us what we ask for or something even better. The great tragedy, you see, isn't unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. God won't let your prayers be for nothing or be wasted. Our spiritual safety and protection lie only in prayer. It's the strongest shield that we have against the evil foe. Prayer is the door through which God enters our homes, our workplaces, and our communities in order to bless us in the most unexpected ways. When we pray, we are, as it were, sitting there at Jesus' feet, speaking to him as one friend to another. Prayer is an expression of Jesus' friendship with us and our friendship with him. Prayer, as it is brought to us in the Bible, it's very to the point. It's straightforward. And it's not seen in Scripture as maybe we see it today. It reminds us that God seeks honesty from us in our prayers. God is thrilled when we honestly face ourselves and bring our real needs to him. The weaker our faith, the more essential our prayer is. The degree of our faith is the degree of our praying. And Martin Luther, he put it like this. He says, prayer is the most important thing in my life. He says, if I should neglect prayer for just one single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of my faith. No one can say their prayers are poor when they're using the language of love. There's nothing that can lead us to love someone as much as praying for them can. The most important purpose of prayer may be to let God love us as he listens to our needs and our wants. What a wonderful expression of love, listening to somebody else being empathetic 
Prayer, it it changes us in ways that we never dreamed of for the blessing and benefit of those that are around us. A bad prayer. A bad prayer is better than no prayer at all. Because we learn to pray by praying. When we are feeling low, prayer seeks to take us out of ourselves and into our Savior's healing presence. For prayer is first of all about communion with our Lord to maintain and sustain and strengthen our friendship with him. It's more about having a conversation with our Lord and Savior, with him, than about presenting him with our shopping list. You see, prayer is both a gift, but it's also a duty. And we have the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, it is such a gift for us, a gift of Grace that was given to us. And it's one of the greatest treasures of the Christian faith. For not only did God, did Christ want us to pray, but he cared so much that he provided the words for us, for us to pray through the Holy Spirit. Now, the, now Jesus' disciples had recently heard Jesus pray a prayer of thanksgiving to his heavenly Father. So now in order to pray like Jesus did, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. This is the only time. Did you know this? This is one of the only times in all of the scriptures that they ask Jesus to teach them anything. I find that interesting. Jesus knows of no better prayer that he can give us. He gives it to us in two different versions in two different places. With the version that we just heard in St. Luke's Gospel. And then a slightly, uh, and it's a slightly shorter version that we have than the one that's in the Gospel of Matthew which is in chapter six. In this prayer, Jesus lists the things that we need to pray about each and every day. And the purpose of these petitions is that we'll never have an excuse not to pray. The Lord's prayer, it opens our eyes to our real needs. The first two petitions, Jesus invites us to identify with him as God's son. And then in the next three petitions, our Lord identifies with us and our human needs. Jesus, he prayed in this revolutionary way by addressing God as father. And he uses this title and form of address of father for God more than any other word. And by doing so, Jesus, he changed the way that people viewed God. Abba means dear father. 
And that is God as someone near and easy to approach rather than someone that is distant and far off or apart from us. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus invites us to either address God as our Father in heaven or Father. A Father is someone who is close at hand and approachable at all times. The Father whom Jesus reveals to us is the Father of the prodigal child who continues to think fondly of us even when we've wandered away from him. He's our ever-present help in trouble who sympathizes with us in our distress and wants to share it with us. Fathers, they delight in giving, giving to their children. So our Heavenly Father wants above all to give us the Holy Spirit, to pray for us when we are weak and vulnerable. And our Heavenly Father, He acts towards us as His Son Jesus acted towards little children, as He acted towards those who were sick and needy. If someone wants to know what God was like, we point them to Christ. You see, our God is a Christ-like God. And Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. He is a model for our earthly fathers. There's no one more like Father than God. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus reveals to us a Father who provides for our daily needs, forgives and protects us. Fathers know what their children want, but they love it when they ask for these things. So it is with our Father in heaven, Father to God himself, we cannot give a holier name. And that's why Jesus wants us to honor God's name and treat it with reverence, with awe, and with respect. To love and to honor his name is to love and to praise him. God's name represents his nature, his works, and his words. Jesus, he hallowed God's name by showing us why God is worthy of our worship why he is worthy of our honor and our glory. And God's power, it is released on us when we do just that. God's holiness is revealed when he reveals his glory to us, especially in and through his son, Jesus Christ. His glory is part of the majesty and beauty of his holiness. God has vested his name on us as his children. And his reputation is at stake in how we live our lives. We praise and we adore his name in our worship here together because his name for us is all about his gifts of hope and love and joy and forgiveness. We hallow his name by eagerly hearing his word and gladly putting it into daily practice. Where God's name is honored, there his kingdom is.
with all of its unique blessings. And it embraces us. Wherever Jesus went, he brought the good news, the gospel of his kingdom to those who welcomed him. And the secret of God's kingdom is that its king is our father. And Jesus says to us, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And through baptism, we are brought into God's royal household as his adopted children. God advances his kingdom through its embassies, our churches, and through us, his ambassadors. As its ambassadors, we pass on and promote God's work of reconciliation so that living in reconciliation with one another, the routines of daily life can become celebrations of love. In the kingdom of God, eating and drinking aren't important. The important things are living right with God, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, the next petition concerns our daily needs, which Jesus wants us to pray about. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, the technological developments of our modern world only seem to increase our sense of insecurities. We, we live in this Google world, right? Our instant gratification type world. The more scientific our world becomes, the more insecure we seem to feel. God wants us to trust that he will provide for both today and tomorrow's needs. Our bread reminds us of the unselfish nature of Christian prayer. We pray the Lord's Prayer for each other on behalf of one another. There's no room for any other prayer that seeks advantage over someone else. Gandhi said, Yep, I'm going to quote Gandhi from the pulpit here. Listen to this. There is enough food in our world for everyone's need, but not for anyone's greed. Daily bread involves everyone's necessities, everyday necessities, not luxuries. It includes Caring fathers and mothers, healthy children, pleasant people to work with, good government, good friends, and good weather. Good weather. Here, we acknowledge that God is behind all that goes right in our lives each day. Instead of taking everyday blessings for granted, this petition leads us to receive them with gratitude. We are conscious of that in normal life. So much more has been received than we have given. And that is gratitude that first makes life rich. 
We need God's forgiveness, God's most characteristic quality as our Heavenly Father. As much as we need daily bread, forgiveness is God's barrier-breaking, future-opening gift to us. Where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and blessedness. Forgiveness meets our longing to make a fresh start in our relationships with God and with one another. Forgiveness means that you can live live as if today is the first day of your life because God promises to remember no more the sins that he has forgiven. Passing on God's forgiveness to each other frees us from past hurts and resentments And it helps our love for one another to grow warm instead of being cold. Lead us not into temptation. This is our battle cry. We realize how easily we can be tempted to sin. Here we need our Father's help more than anywhere else. It's a prayer that we pray for each other as well, realizing how vulnerable that we are to giving in to what we know is wrong. Here we pray that we won't be caught off guard when we are tired or we're depressed, but we ask Jesus to pray for us just as he promised to do. And Jesus, he prays on your behalf To his heavenly father, I am not asking you to take them out of this world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. That's John 17, 15. God's word reassures you. No testing has overtaken you. That is not common to everyone. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Victory over a time of temptation and testing brings you closer to Christ and more grateful than ever for all that he and what he has done for you. When you then face temptation, pray. And pray passionately. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a poor sinner. God knows how to rescue you from temptation in ways that may surprise you. In this petition, we pray that we will always remain citizens of God's eternal kingdom until we hear a Savior's, our Savior's words. Come, O blessed my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Matthew 25, 34. In summary, dear saints, remember, our God is the most reliable Father that you can ever have. Be persistent. You will be heard. And since your earthly parents give you what you ask, 
you may expect your heavenly father to do even more. There's no one more like a father than God is. The great tragedy is an unanswered prayer, but the unoffered prayer. Amen.